Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You come to realize you've seen her gun of eyes watching you from underneath the rock. Ba doom doom doom. Sorry for the hold up, folks. There seems to be a slow moving train up ahead, so we gotta sit here for a spell. You just remain seated, and we'll be right with you. You want digital, analog, interactive, hyperactive, radioactive, overactive, lighting? It's all here. In order for you to fully experience tonight's presentation, the lighting around the Magic Kingdom will be reduced. What do you say, Sammy? W Radio. Welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 77 for the week of July 27th, 2008. We'll start off this week with some Walt Disney World news and rumors, including changes across the resort to the reservation system, changes to the resorts, restaurants, hauntings, and holidays. We'll also look at some possible new Disney destinations, high-tech touring, and much more. I talk about trying to bring you a little bit of Disney magic to you each and every week on the show, but last week, Disney Magic picked up and went to Camp Hill, Pennsylvania in the form of Magic Meets, a yearly gathering of Disney fans from around the nation. Now celebrating its fifth year, I thought it'd be fun to recap the weekend's events, not just for those listeners that attended, but for those of you that may not know what Magic Meets is and maybe in the process, help show you why you may want to mark next year's event on your calendar. I'm joined by the event's founder, Fred Block, as well as Pat Whitson, the Dream Team Auction Coordinator, guest and videographer, Jamie Kersey, and listener and attendee, Dave Rashoni, in a fun look at the event and some of the real magic that was created thanks to the incredible efforts and generosity of so many people and how the community's efforts will go a long way towards helping children that need the magic most. I'll have a few brief announcements and play more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. In this week's Walt Disney World news and visit to the Walt Disney World rumor mill, we're going to unfortunately start off with some sad news from the Disney community, as Harriet Burns, Disney legend and Imagineer, has passed away at age 79. She was the first woman ever hired by Walt Disney Imagineering in a creative capacity. She went on to become a legendary attraction and product designer, having helped design Disneyland's Sleeping Beauty Castle, New Orleans Square, the Haunted Mansion, all of the singing birds in the Enchanted Tiki Room, and so much more. In 2000, she was inducted into the Walt Disney Hall of Fame as a Disney legend. I'll put links in this week's show notes over at WDWRadio.com where you can read and learn more about Harriet Burns and her work for Walt Disney Imagineering. As rumored a few weeks ago, in addition to some changes coming to the Walt Disney World Dining Reservation System, guest prayers have seemingly been answered as Walt Disney World is set to release a new reservation booking system for dining, recreation, and tour reservations in late October of this year. The new reservation system is going to allow guests to book multiple dining reservations in one experience 
while associating their reservations to their Walt Disney World Resort room reservations. So what's the big news, you ask? Well, in the future, guests or their travel agents will be able to make dining reservations online at DisneyWorld.com with the new reservation system. The launch date for this enhancement is set to be formally announced at a later date, but as a result of the ongoing system upgrade, beginning on July 29th and continuing through late October this year, guests are only going to be able to book dining reservations up to January 25th, 2009 arrivals. So that means that the 180-day window is no longer going to be in effect, effectively making it only about 90 days out maximum for guests that are making dining reservations in October. Now, in late October, early November, the booking process is going to return to normal, and guests can now book, once again, up to 180 days of arrival. Now, the system upgrade is not going to impact Victorian Alberts, Cinderella's Royal Table, and Chef Mickey's. Those venues are going to continue to observe the normal 180-day booking window while the changeover takes place. But I think guests are going to be very, very excited to see that their prayers, like I said, have been answered, and we can now start making dining reservations without picking up the phone and doing it ourselves online. And as long as the topic is on food, the rumor is that the new, as yet unannounced, Bay Lake Tower property, which is located next to Disney's Contemporary Resort, is going to have at least one takeout restaurant, according to an article by the Orlando Sentinel. A license application was filed under the working name of Bay Lake Tower Finnish Kitchen, which is going to be a non-seating, takeout-only eatery about 700 square feet in size. And as the Sentinel points out, the most interesting fact is that the projected completion date is September 1st, 2009. Further changes over in the resorts show that the recent refurbishment to the rooms at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort have given a new theme to them, Finding Nemo. Nemo-themed borders, bedspreads, and drapes have been reported by guests, and there's another rumor that the remaining rooms over in Trinidad South are going to be converted to moderate family suites after the current guest room refurbishment is complete. Now, the theme of these rumored family suites is set to be, again, this is rumor, Pirates of the Caribbean. And now, based on some work that has been taking place over in the pool area, this very well might come to pass. Obviously, we'll pay very close attention to this as the refurbishments move forward. Speaking of refurbs, after months of rumors, a date appears to have been set for the start of the Illuminations Earth Globe refurbishment. Speculation is that beginning August 13th and ending late September or mid-October, Illuminations Reflections of Earth will be shown nightly, but there will be alternate show elements in place instead of the Earth Globe float. Now, this has not officially been confirmed by Disney as yet, so it is still a rumor, but again, don't worry, Illuminations will still be showing during this time. Let's keep talking some more about changes, because over at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground, there appears to be an announced change to the horse-drawn holiday activities for 2008. First, the haunted carriage rides are going to begin in 2008, replacing the original haunted hay rides. Now, the new offering is being described as, quote, roam the woods of Fort Wilderness on your haunted carriage ride while hearing the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Each carriage can accommodate four adults or two adults and three children, and is priced at $60 per ride, no matter how many guests. The haunted carriage rides are going to be offered October 3rd through November 1st, and each night, three carriage rides are going to be available every half hour from 7.30 to 10.30 p.m., with an extra 7 o'clock time slot being added for the busy Halloween season from October 19th through November 1st. And also, although dates have not officially been announced as yet, 
Fort Wilderness has confirmed that the holiday sleigh rides are going to return for the 2008-2009 season. For the 2008 offering, it's been announced that prices are going to be raised from $35 to $60 per ride. Now, both the haunted carriage and the holiday sleigh rides can be reserved 90 days in advance by calling 407-WDW-PLAY. There you can obviously get more information about times, costs, etc. If you've listened to my Adventureland Audio Guide CD, then you've probably heard me talk about, and probably quite fondly as it were, the Adventureland Veranda Restaurant. Well, I'm being told that the Adventureland Veranda has reopened and is serving food once again after years of being closed. Now, while not the original, very unique menu and sweet and sour hot dogs, etc., or a full-blown sit-down restaurant, the location is reportedly serving a variety of beverages, cold sandwiches, and fresh fruit daily throughout August 2nd in order to accommodate the heavy summer crowds. I think a research trip may be in order to find out exactly what's going on and if maybe this is the start of the restaurant opening on a more more permanent basis. If anyone has been there or if they have photos, I would love it if you could share those with me. You can email those to lou at wdwradio.com. Another rumor is going to pertain to the conversion of the Disney Pals Room in Toontown into a Disney Fairies Room in the Toontown Hall of Fame. Walt Disney World has announced auditions are going to be held July 23rd, 2008 to be quote-unquote friends of the Disney fairies. That's leading to speculation that a new walk-around meet-and-greet may take place even before the speculated opening of the new room in early 2009. A number of listeners have emailed me recently about a DVC, Disney Vacation Club survey, they received in the mail asking about different travel destinations in the United States, such as Lake Tahoe, Hawaii, New York, Las Vegas, as well as places like Cabo San Lucas and St. Thomas. One listener said, quote, The survey asked about thoughts of three possible future DVC destinations and if I would be interested in staying there. It sounded more like an interest survey for the descriptions as opposed to the actual locations. But here are the descriptions that they gave. First is Disney's Las Vegas Resort. If Disney decided to build this resort, it would be located 30 minutes away from the Las Vegas Strip. Disney's Las Vegas Resort would offer both easy access to the excitement of Las Vegas, plus an escape to the activities and relaxation of a desert oasis resort. Golf, rock climbing, hiking, biking, and scenic desert tour opportunities would abound. There would be no casino in this resort, just Disney-inspired vacation fun. The second, Disney's Los Cabos Resort, Mexico. If Disney decided to build this resort, it would sit on a secluded sandy beach at the tip of the Baja Peninsula. Disney's Los Cabos Resort would offer all the best of a relaxing Mexican oceanside vacation getaway. You could recline on the beach, involve yourself in activities like golf, scuba, sailing, or sport fishing, or head into the nearby towns of Cabo San Lucas or San Jose del Cabo for shopping or dining adventures. The last was Disney's Lake Tahoe Resort. If Disney decided to build this resort, it would be surrounded by mountains on the north shore of Lake Tahoe. Disney's Lake Tahoe Resort would provide year-round opportunity for outdoor vacation fun and relaxation. Ski season would offer ski-in, ski-out access to a major local ski resort and other snow-themed pursuits, while warmer seasons would provide access to the lake and its abundance of hiking, biking, and water activities. Now, I think each of these sound very interesting, and obviously they're targeting a different type of vacation experience. What I did was I posted a poll on the homepage of DisneyWorldTrivia.com Asking that, if Disney was to build a non-theme park resort somewhere else in the world, where would you like it to be? You can go on and vote once a day. 
No need to register. And again, that's on the homepage of DisneyWorldTrivia.com. And finally, in the wishful thinking department, there are rumors of new technology being implemented in the Walt Disney World theme parks after Disneyland Resort Paris recently introduced a new service for guests. That allows them to receive free information to their mobile phone via Bluetooth during their time in the Walt Disney Studios Park. Now, using this service, guests with Bluetooth technology on their phones are going to be able to find out information such as wait times for rides, show times, etc. There are four Bluetooth terminals located in the Walt Disney Studios Park, and when a guest walks past one, they're going to receive an alarm that reminds them that they can receive the information via Bluetooth. They can then either accept or refuse the free content delivered in the reception area, which is about 20 meters outside and around the terminals. Now, I think this is something that U.S. guests and guests to the Walt Disney World theme parks would very much enjoy as well, especially based on feedback and the successful tests of the Nintendo DS devices. Now, there is also a, a rumor that has begun to swirl of an official iPhone application for the theme parks, although no details are available at this time. Again, this is something I'm curious to see what your reaction would be. Would you like to get updates via Bluetooth either on your mobile phone or on your iPhone? I invite you to go by the forums over at DisneyWorldTrivia.com in the WDW radio section and comment or discuss this with other listeners. Five years ago, 40 or so people got together in a small, crowded hotel ballroom on a Saturday afternoon in Edison, New Jersey, to sit around tables with strangers and, believe it or not, talk about Disney. Does that sound crazy? Well, I thought so too, as I was in my car on the way over, wondering what was in store. But if you think that sounds crazy, fast forward five years and now plant yourself in the middle of Pennsylvania in a room with more than 550 like-minded fans of all things Disney, many of whom didn't just spend the day, but instead made it a weekend-long celebration. And if you were there, you know how much fun we had. And if you weren't, I wanted to help share with you what you may have missed and hopefully encourage you to attend next year. So what I thought I would do is bring on a number of guests to the show to talk about this past weekend's Magic Meets event. And I think they all sort of bring something different to the table. They all have different perspectives. And first, I wanted to welcome in the founder of Magic Meets, the man who I met five years ago on the first day of the Diz Meets, and a man I'm happy to call my friend, Fred Block. Thank you for having me. Next, Pat Whitson, the Dream Team Auction Coordinator, all-around great gal and very, very good friend. Welcome. Thank you. Jamie Kersey. He was the videographer for this weekend's events. He's also the guy that totally rocked the Main Street and Audio uh, and Adventureland Audio Guide preview videos for me. Jamie, welcome. Thank you, Lou. Very nice intro. And my man, Dave Rashoni, longtime listener, coming in with the perspective as a guest in the event. And Dave, please do me a favor. Convince everyone that I am not the person who sings the WDW radio show introduction theme song. W. Yes, yeah, I'm going to it up. Thanks a lot, WDW Radio. <laughs> bring your wife in. Bring the whole band in. <laughs> Which sounds nothing like the intro, so I don't think you're off the hook yet. Oh, great. Now, I think you may have just actually made the argument for other people. See, I knew it was losing doing it. <laughs> <laughs> 
But like I said, I thought um, I thought it'd be fun to have you guys come in and talk about the events in this roundtable format because I think we all bring a different experience and a different perspective to the events that, that I think we could share with everybody again who either was there or maybe doesn't know about the event or couldn't get in or is thinking about going next year. And I think the obvious place to start is Friday night. And Fred, you're the perfect person to talk about this because this has grown from an afternoon event for a couple of hours to really a weekend-long celebration with events on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And can you believe the growth in just a few years? No, actually, I can't believe it. And uh, I think it uh, I think it didn't even set in even Saturday uh, because even after Saturday's event, you know, I'm thinking to myself, wow, we still have another day. There's still one more one more day to go. So, you know, it was all it's all a lot of uh, feedback that we gathered from the survey. So we added the extra time and the extra days, and it seemed to have went pretty well, I would think. And Pat, you too. You've seen not just the event grow, but the ballroom grow. And I know that when the venue moved out here to Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, I, I was awed when I first saw the room. Of course. That bit of awe was taken away when I saw Fred scooting around on his Segway in the middle of the night. But (laughs) like I said, you too have seen the incredible growth of the event. Yes, this has been my fourth Magic Meets, and it's amazing just how much it's grown and just how much root we keep trying to take over from Fred. (laughs) (laughs) Steal, take over, borrow, call it whatever you want. But let's let's talk about Friday night. And Fred, first, you tell us about what the events were. You had two events this year, very different than anything you've sort of done last year. You had the Meet Before the Magic and then Magic Tunes. And tell us about each one of those individually. Well, the Meet Before the Magic, um, last year we did a, a smaller event to, to see if there would be interest in, in getting together a few people uh, Friday night just to get excited about the event. And it went went off very well. And uh, clearly it, it showed me that there was demand for you know, people to get together the night before, uh, since they were going to be in the hotel anyway. So we set it up this year to have 125 people um, come in and uh, have some appetizers, some some dessert offerings, you know, coffee and water and such. Uh, do some giveaways and uh, you know, uh, and it worked out very well. I have to say, you know, uh, I was really excited. And then uh, right after that, we uh, we uh, tried out our, our new uh, new game called Magic Tunes. Um, with uh, the celebrities and uh, some people were video. And I think I think I think we've talked. To, I think we've talked about Magic Tunes long <laughs> enough. Let's move on to Saturday's event. <laughs> Nobody saw that one coming, did they? Um, uh, and and one I, of the things. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just this just to kind of save you a little bit here, Lou. But no, just to kind of go back to the beginning of the night because Fred, I had shadowed you a little bit out in the hallway when people were lined up to come in. And the phrase that was coming to my mind was rock concert. I mean, these people, you had them absolutely screaming and uh, cheering before they even had entered that room, um, you know, for that get-together. And, I mean, the energy from what was 6.15 Friday night just continued into the night. Yeah, I was I was actually blown away by that, too, because a lot of the people that were reacting that way, you know, were first-timers. And, and usually, you know, it takes me a little while to get everybody to break that ice and start, you know, getting all excited about it. And so, yeah, I was pretty blown away by that myself. Well, that, the nice thing about the Friday night events is, and the, the scary thing is, is how early people are coming in. And people are taking off now to come in on Friday, not just sponsors or the, the auction volunteers to set up, but attendees. 
And I think the meat before the magic is a nice sort of icebreaker. People just start getting comfortable, eat a little something. But I think Magic Tunes was wonderful for so many other reasons. <laughs> but it was Dave. Now you you sat, you attended Magic Tunes. What did you think about it? And tell us a little about what the event was for people that don't know. Magic Tunes was a, um, a, a event, a contest, if you will, held um, hosted by Mike Scopa and uh, Mike Newell, and I'm going to forget the other gentleman who was a part of that. Um, and it was a kind of name Disney name that tune, where um, one of the each of the four contestants they were played a a part of a Disney song either from the theme park from a film or TV show and it was their job to name what not so much the name of the song but where it came from whether it was the um, a, attraction or a TV show or, or um, um, let's see what else or uh, I think film. it was movie right theme park yeah, movie, attraction yeah. movies films right and it, it was it was great fun just to be um, in in the room because everybody's even though we you know we weren't one of the four uh, celebrities everybody's playing it because everybody's trying to guess if if that's the song or not and i thought magic tunes was just a, a great way to start the weekend it was so much fun and you know being somebody that participated i really thought that it was important to have a visual element and then it's just the audio <laughs> element <laughs> yeah i think go ahead think somebody explain while we're laughing so it we're doesn't gonna sound have like to. it's an in joke <laughs> The best was Horizons, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, let me just lead yeah. you on. Fred, the way you had it, the way they had it set up was that there was going to be sort of an elimination round, and somebody would be eliminated, somebody would move on to the second round. And at one point, I had moved on to the next round. Deb Wills, who was sitting next to me, was eliminated. And Steve Barrett and Annette Owens were left. And they were having trouble getting some of the clues. So in order to keep the game moving... I tried to give them some sort of visual charades, and I guess maybe my horizons was a little bit <laughs> wasn't exactly as evident since I think Annette said golf ball for some reason. <laughs> I think so- Soren came up. Soren, right, right, because she thought I was doing a golf ball. Um, but I think the um, I-, I think the next one is probably the one that yeah may have sealed my fate. <laughs> <laughs> I see it Cap- like it so, was yesterday. So, so Captain EO. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I tried to do I tried to make it look like I was describing Michael Jackson and I I can't even uh, look, play I don't no, well. no, you can't you gotta picture you gotta picture this. This is the way the best way I can describe it. So the funniest part I think I didn't know what was who was funnier. I thought watching Lou, first he's trying to do the glove thing, but he's flailing his hand around so fast and pointing at it that nobody's getting it. But the best part was that if Deb was watching him and she was copying it. So then Deb is doing it now, too. So they're both trying to frantically make it look like a glove. And then Lou finally gets up and starts, you know, it was just so fast that, you know, nobody was expecting. He gets up and he starts doing the moonwalk. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole whole room, I mean, I think the video says is going to say it all because the whole room at that point just bursts out laughing. It was just hilarious. No, I think the funniest part about it was... Again, I, my poor kids, I hope they never see that video and, and have to laugh at their father. But after everybody starts stops laughing, Steve Barrett, just so deadpan, goes, Captain EO, like, come on, I, I knew it all along. 
Now, so seriously, was there, yeah. Was there reference to a nose job in there too there, Lou? Because I saw a little bit of nose grabbing. I was trying to. <laughs> you know what? Why don't we move on to the to the rest of the weekend's events? Because oh. I, I just, I'm digging myself deeper and deeper here. But it was a lot of fun. And uh, uh, let, Let's give credit where credit's due. Lou, you did win the, the event that evening. So kudos to you. It might have been a pity win. I think they just felt sorry for me after the moonwalk and gave me some easy ones. But one thing that was done at that evening's event, and it's kind of lead me into something that's a really important part of Magic Meets for me personally, is that they raised money. They asked everybody to make a donation of $5 for everybody that wanted to come in, and that money was going to go to the Dream Team Project. And something that Fred has been kind enough to allow us to do is hold a Dream Team Project charity auction for the past number of years. And I have to give credit where it's due. It is totally the brainchild of Pat, and thanks to her incredible, tireless, well, they're tiresome, <laughs> efforts that really last all year long, as well as all those of the volunteers and the amazing people that donate some very cool Disney goodies and everybody that, that donates the money. It's become such an important part of the the events for me. Pat, tell us a little bit about what the auction is and, and this year's auction. Well, it's pretty much what you've described. It's a silent auction of Disney merchandise to raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And this year we had about 125 items total. We had a couple items that we had two of the same. So 125 was the total number of uh, items available for everyone. And uh, we take over a section of the ballroom and run it uh, bid sheets during the early part of the day and then we scramble to try and figure out how much we made. And the cool thing about it is that there's such a variety of lots for people to choose from and if anybody's been following the Dream Team blog, Pat and her team, they've been posting images of the beautiful baskets they put together. All these different theme baskets with pins and scrapbooking supplies and artwork and books and, and very unique items. But one of the cool things that you do that I think people really enjoy are some of the very unique experience items and uh, and this year we had a very unique item that I think raised the biggest amount that was donated by somebody that obviously took a lot of time. Tell us a little about a couple of those experience items and then the one big item. We had, uh, well, experience-wise, some of the more unique items. We had the Hidden Mickey's Tour with Steve Barrett. Uh, we had a custom scrapbook made Handmade by um, April Baker of SNS Paper Crafts. We had a co-host for a day on the WDW radio show, and I am sure you are thanking me oh so much for <laughs> making you do that. Um, <laughs> and the biggest selling item was Nancy Harkness's quilt. She handmade this beautiful, stunning. Mickey design quilt using all Mickey print fabrics, a Mickey applique that she handmade, and uh, the quilting had hidden Mickeys in it. It was just an amazing, amazing piece of artwork, really. It's, it's ranked as art more than functional art, I guess, but it, it's, it was just gorgeous. I mean, and it took her, the great thing too is it took her 
literally hundreds and hundreds of like she sat through one of my shows and was able to finish the quilt hundreds of hours in order to do it and, and <laughs> you talk about something that was a delayed reaction talk about a, a labor of love uh, I, I appreciate her doing that and uh, and her husband's actually Ray he's he's from grumpyspace.blogspot.com and we're going to talk about what we did this year number wise because I want to talk about some of the other efforts but last year was our biggest year to date and Tell us what it was, the number that we raised last year, that a number that I thought we would never surpass. Last year's total was $9,000. That was after the, the auction, the button sales we did, the uh, Deadwill sold some posters. So all money total was $9,000. Yeah, and, you know, my reaction last year of, of stunned silence. Um, <laughs> I don't think you were stunned silence. Listen, we had just to get call you it. a chair and uh, <laughs> tissues. <laughs> just call it stunned silence and leave my dignity intact for a little while. <laughs> but I uh, must end at the moonwalk. But yeah, but you know what? It's uh, quiet over there. Block. It, it's really <laughs> such uh, a boy. I don't. I knew this was a bad idea. It's really a testament to the community, and I don't mean just one community, like the Disney trivia community or this one's community. It's all of us as community of fans and somebody said to me the next day that this event is so much about not what you get walking around the tables and winning prizes and, and doing things but it's what you give and, and it really shows and, and you'll see when we talk about the, the results later on how true that is but let's get to, to Saturday's events let's get Saturday is the big day and let's kind of go through some of the events very briefly and um, since I'm going to keep it brief we won't talk about the opening ceremonies all that much but the big uh, Fred tell us sort of about how the day's events got started and then uh, tell us about the main ballroom our first main ballroom speaker well we um, actually uh, it was uh, uh, time to settle a, a long standing bet um, and uh, and I was looking forward to this probably more than m much of else that was going to happen that day because uh, anybody who knew uh, Mike Scopa and I um, had made a, a bet of who would win the Super Bowl this past year and uh, well clearly I was the winner picking the Giants and uh, and he had to wear a giant shirt uh, for the first hour of Magic Meets um, so <laughs> we presented him with this shirt which was awesome it was really it was a really fun way to start the day and uh and then a short time later, uh, David Anderson uh, came on uh, to do a discussion uh, about the persistence of Walt Disney and how he got, uh, uh, how he, you know, he started so many different things that many people thought were were incredibly insane, and uh, and yet he he persevered and pushed and and actually accomplished so much uh, with his ideas, you know. And it was I thought it was a really good way to start the the, the day with that talk. Now, I, now, Fred, I know myself, and I'm, I know Pat and her team. We were all running around, but but Jamie and Dave, maybe. What did you guys think, or did you get a chance to listen to Dave's talk at all? Go ahead, Dave. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, yeah, it actually was something I was looking very forward to, and and was uh, very pleased by it. What what was really nice about uh, was some of the uh, kind of inside information that he had given. Uh, but he also had uh, showed some video that he had said uh, uh, was never shown before in public. I, I, I hadn't seen it. And they were little vignettes from what looked like a Walt Disney special. And, and you know, he would introduce each one of those. And he also uh, would, uh, you know, play it. And then it, it followed the story. And it was very, very um, 
very entertaining, very informative, very entertaining. It was a it was a great way to start off the event for sure. I, I would concur, and I think what I would add to that is that it really pointed out a lot of the challenges that Walt faced, and I think for so many people that know Walt for, I mean, the icon that is Mickey Mouse and then the parks, they really don't know what a pioneer he was with all that he looked to accomplish uh, from an animation perspective that eventually led into the theme park information, but um, I, I just thought it was, it was so informative and you got a really good look um, at, you know, essentially the trials and tribulations. Now, Fred, something else you did this year that was a little bit different, obviously very different from the first year when there was just 40 people, but you started doing something with breakout sessions. And this year, it was a little bit different. You had two sets of breakout sessions, a morning and an afternoon. And in the morning session, you had Deb Wills talking about cruising. You had uh, Chantel Crawford talking about Disney's not-so-best-kept secret, which is the DVC. You had Disney's CMO, everybody's good friend, Justin McChoney, who I think we could all agree... Without a doubt, the best person for that job. I, now that you've all had a chance to meet him, I'm sure you guys agree. Wholeheartedly. Oh, he was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, talk about an amazing individual. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about him. And you also had Johnny Zotto. And this was great because it was for kids. You had a breakout room for kids. And, Fred, talk about just how this event is not just for adults and uber Disney geeks, but it was great that there was something for kids to do throughout the day as well in a safe environment that, that parents could leave the kids in. You know, it's always funny because a lot of people always ask me, you know, oh, you must have a lot of kids. This is a kids event. This is a kids event, right? It's Disney. And, and I always, I always, you know, chuckle when I tell them, you know, actually, it's uh, like 90% adults and 10% kids. And they're like, what? But, you know, it is important that, you know, we provide, you know, uh, something for the children to do throughout the day because, you know, they're not going to be content sitting in a ballroom doing nothing and listening to speakers. You know, they don't get the auction idea. You know, they, they might not know who the sponsors are or the special guests. So, you know, you got to do something to keep them busy. And, and I think that that's one of the reasons why adults feel so, you know, welcome and coming because they know that it's not just about them. They're going to have something for their kids to do as well. Now, Jamie, you talked before about rock concert type of, of event. From what I understand, I didn't get a chance to, to leave my table, but the line for Justin was like a line going to see, insert popular performer now, I'm so way out of touch, Hannah Montana. It was like the line for Justin Michoni. That works. Uh, no, it really was. I wound up, because I was jumping from breakout room to breakout room, and when I got into Justin's room, he was actually getting started early, and folks that were standing in the back of the room said it was because the room filled up so fast in advance there was no reason to wait and there was probably 10 to 15 times in the next 10 minutes that somebody would try to open the door to come in and they had uh, there was just nowhere to go um, he was that popular and, and I think it was very well deserved someone had made the point earlier um, about how much he was deserving of that position and it was totally reflected in his presentation he went through what he had gone through process-wise to get the position, and and I don't want to spoil it because a lot of this is going to be in, in the DVD, but um, really just the wonderful experiences that he's had in just a short time on the job since, um, since he found out in April. Yeah, when I was talking to him about coming to the event and seeing if he wanted to talk and whatnot, I said, Justin, get ready. Like, he's done the press events and the media stuff at Disneyland and Disney World, but this is the first time really that he's done something 
with Disney fans. I was like, Justin, get ready because you're a superstar in these people's eyes and in my eyes. And and afterwards, he came back. He's like, wow, I, I never would have suspected of getting that kind of reaction. And like we all said, deservedly so. Now, David, you got a chance to see, obviously, just one of the breakout sessions. From what I understand, though, they were all pretty much filled to capacity. Which one did you sit in on? I was in standing room only with Justin's. Uh, I had done Deb's cruise uh, the year before, and Kath and I really wanted to to listen to Justin, especially after hearing him on the show several times. And uh, it, it, you're right; it was uh, we all looked at him like a rock star, you know. And and he's such the such the nicest guy. And and I, I'll just uh, uh, again, he he so deserves that, and he's going to be so fantastic in that position. But I think all the breakout rooms were pretty much standing room only. They yeah. Very well attended. Yeah, that, that was my understanding as well. And it was nice, though, because you could attend a breakout session. You could go and look at the auction items. You could stay and just kind of chat with people in the main room or just relax. So it was a real nice sort of breakup of the day. And then after lunch, there was the, um, the bidding ended on the silent auction. And, and like I said, we'll talk about the result of that but that was a pretty frenzied group of people sort of it was almost like ebay live because people were just sort of hovering over their clipboards getting ready to snipe her in and then pat i'm sure you saw that pretty much around all the tables it was insane (laughs) pandemonium unbelievable and I, i don't know if i can say this or not but if there was any dark spot on the day it would have to have been at that closing of bidding and some of the behaviors that were shown that were so un-Disney-like that I'm embarrassed about. I've spoken to Deanna about it. She promised she's got peg leg Pete that she won't do it again next year. So <laughs> Now, Jamie, I know you bid on some items. Hopefully you were, you were acting in a very Disney-like manner and <laughs> on your bids. Oh, absolutely. I was fortunate enough to win the Jedi Training Academy package, and it's it's funny because I was so excited when I saw it and thought about how my older son, who's seven, was going to love every piece that was in there. And then, of course, I find out that I won, and I'm looking at the size of the frame poster and trying to figure out how I'm going to fly it home. <laughs> but um, I got some advice from different people and um, w- was fortunate enough to uh, to be allowed to bring it on board. And just so you know, you can drop the whole I was getting it for my son thing. I stopped doing that a long time ago. <laughs> you were getting it for yourself. <laughs> the plush was not for me. <laughs> there you I go. I swear. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my uh, I know my wife was pushing Pat out of the way to try and get the peg-legged Pete. And I appreciate you, you cooperating, Pat. And it's tough because I know people want certain items and, and they want it desperately. And you, you know... Everybody seems to get caught up in the excitement, and sometimes they get a little too excited about winning something and forget that the point is this is for charity, this is for the kids, this is, you know, a Disney meet, this is not eBay. And it's true, and we we shouldn't lose sight of exactly what it's for, and when we talk about the totals and the generosity that came from so many different directions later on, uh, you'll see that really is, is a testament to that fact. But... Then there was lunch, and then Fred, like you said, there was a second round of breakout, and I wish I wasn't one of the speakers, because I would have loved to have seen Steve Barrett going in and talking about Hidden Mickeys. Uh, David Fun was in the kids' room. This went over big time, having a magician in there for him. Um, I did the Hidden Treasures of Adventureland. 
And there's also another session of Magic Tunes where the guests got to participate as well. Now, what again, me, Fred, and Pat were in the main room. Jamie and Dave, uh, I guess, go one after the other. What did you guys get to see or spend the most time in? I went into, uh, actually started with the Adventureland session and from there went to see some of Steve Barrett's uh, Hidden Mickey discussion. And that's a lot of fun because a lot of what he does is pull the audience to try to get their take on whether what they consider to be a hidden Mickey matches you know, his criteria. And he had uh, one thing that I think most of the audience actually identified as a hidden Wally, and he thought that was pretty neat. It was the first time he had heard something like that. Um, but then over to Magic Tunes, and despite the fact that it was not a celebrity, Magic Tunes uh, had the same level of fun and excitement, and it was uh, a, a large group of people that were all kind of competing for that that championship so i got to see a little bit of that and then you talked about the the magic show and that was just phenomenal there were it seemed like there were 50 kids in there and he was rotating different participants to do things um out of his hat and using different props and it just was uh it was an energy pitch that i hadn't seen in there despite the fact that it was all kids no, let me did add we, something to did that. Did you notice really quick. quickly? Just did you notice how he said how fun the Hidden Mickey's Hunt was and Magic Tunes was and how exceptional David Fun was? But he's like, yeah, I went to the Adventureland thing first, and uh, then I moved over to Hidden Mickey's. <laughs> 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 so really, Jamie, it was a pleasure having you on the show, and uh, I wish you all the luck in the world. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I, didn't to, I, didn't, I didn't want to steal your thunder, Lou. I figured that was going to be like its own discussion. <laughs> 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 too you late. Know, my, it's way too late now. Go ahead, Fred. <laughs> my, my kids, one of the things that David Fun was doing, the magician, is he was getting them all psyched because he would say, okay, after I get done with a trick, I'm going to say, and that's the end of that trick. And then he would tell the audience, you would have to say, oh, David. And then he would say, I, but I've got a new trick. And then they would all go, yay. Well, my kids are still doing that. They're still doing it, you know. So obviously he got them all excited. David, did you get did you get to sit in on any of them? Well, last year we went to Steve Barrett's Hit It Mickey Hunt. So we wanted to try something new this year. And we went to see some guy hawking some audio guy of Ventureland. And we sat there while he was, he couldn't even operate a, a pointer and get its light show. It was, it was all right. It was okay. No, Dave, David, that was a fa- That was the best breakout of the oh, day. Oh, Kersey, it's so, it's so too late. Hey, <laughs> Dave, Dave, make sure you talk to me offline about that. I really need to know who that was. <laughs> I will. I was, it was very disappointing because, you know, the slides weren't working and, you know, no, oh of course God. we <laughs> You see, if he had used if he had used like a Dell or something, but he had this, some Mac thing, and it was just running really bad. And- yeah, I had an interesting evening the night before when I realized that the connector to my MacBook was the wrong connector, and of course, there is no Best Buy or Apple Store open at twelve thirty in the middle of nowhere <laughs> in Pennsylvania. So, thanks to to some borrowed technology from people um, from all around the room, I was able to get it. Um, I was able to get it running after a couple glitches, but I actually started on time and, dare I say, finished early. Which... <laughs> and I, I kid, I kid, I kid, but it was it was really, really good. And, and um, there were just very minor little glitches, Lou, and it was very well done. And, and like you said, you ended early and we were able to take some, 
some questions from the audience and it was very uh, and what was kind of nice was the next day as we're driving home we're listening to the audio guide and I could I could, I'm like oh yeah he talked about that yesterday and you could see visuals and uh, it, it was it was very well done so I, I just kid you're welcome back anytime you want there David <laughs> so so Lou that's how quick. you do it Jamie <laughs> suck up yeah really I mean come on stop the brown nosing um, Lou <laughs> Uh, do you now you as the speaker though, and this is again, you know, last year we were thirty-five minute breakouts. This year we were longer. Do you feel you had more than enough time? You didn't have to rush, you know, aside from your issues with your with your Mac. But you know, did you feel that you had plenty of time? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I just think I was gun shy from you just whipping me last year about <laughs> not going over by a minute or so because the schedule is so tight. So I made sure that if anything, I was going to finish early rather than have you glide in on your Segway and uh, and yank the plug out of my hand. So it was actually it actually worked out very well because you know, like the master of fun, Steve Barrett <laughs> does. I like to do some interactive stuff as well. So to be able to have some Q and A afterwards, uh, I-, I thought it was a lot of fun for people. And then, Fred, something else you did new this year, which was the the second ballroom, I can't even call it a speaker, because of a a panel discussion. And tell us a little about where the idea came from that and and what the concept was behind it. Well, in in previous years, we typically had a... a a ballroom speaker in the morning and then another ballroom speaker in the afternoon. And, you know, that's good and everything, but I think that uh, we wanted to to bring in some more audience participation to get people more involved with the uh, with the day. So, you know, we had the one keynote in the morning, David Anderson, and we thought about doing like an experts panel for the afternoon. And we would take pre-submitted questions that people had a chance to submit before the meet. Um, and we would ask some of those questions in, in the room and, of the panel. And, you know, the panelists would answer in their own way. And we were hoping that that was going to spark up some interest from the people that were there uh, to also get involved. And uh, I think four or five questions into it, uh, Matt Hotchberg, the, the host of the, uh, the panel discussion, started getting people who wanted to ask questions and who wanted to get, you know, get in front of a microphone. And, and it was exactly what I wanted. So, you know, I think it was, a, it was something to twist up the, the afternoon a little bit, you know, get the audience more involved, and, and it seemed to work pretty well, I think. Yeah, I was really honored to be asked to be part of the panel, and, and I was surprised and impressed that nobody had put a, a booster seat or a high chair up there before I got up. But it was the panel was Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel, Deb Wills from All Ears Net, Mike Scopa from All Ears, Len Testa from Touring Plans, the unofficial guide, and hey. Dave Marks from Passporter. So it was a great sort of well-rounded group, I thought, and uh, it seemed like people really enjoyed it. Yeah, I wanted to try to balance it out, you know, so that there was, um, so that each of the panelists would have the ability to answer in different ways, because they didn't have the questions in advance. Nobody got to see them, you know. We wanted to get that spontaneous reaction. So, you know, I thought that each of the panelists had their ability to answer any one of the questions in their own way, and then you know they would all follow up on each other, and it's and it really it really did work out well. I, I I'm pretty sure at least you know I'm a little partial, I guess, but I thought it went well. <laughs> well, sure, it was your cases, ideas. In some cases, there were even some disagreements, and that made for a lot of fun too. When you had some um, some differing views, let's just say. Yeah, when Testa took the chair and over the back of Deb Wills like it was a cage match in WWE. <laughs> now, do you want me to tell you how it really went? <laughs> that was a great Save one. it for the DVD. <laughs> but, you know, something else was going on throughout the day that I wanted to mention, and that was 
there were a number of door prizes, Fred, that you were giving away throughout the day, and everybody was given tickets, and they were drawing for different baskets or prizes or gifts or whatever. And one very big surprise that nobody saw coming, myself included, was Becky Mankin and her team from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel had a very special final prize to give away. And uh, it was actually, a, well, Fred, why don't you tell us what the, what the prize was first? Well, uh, and, and, and some of you might already know this and many might not. You know, we start planning Magic Meets like almost immediately after the last one. So, you know, last last year we were talking, you know, that this was going to be my fifth year. And and um, and Becky has really stepped up and, and, and been our, our exclusive travel sponsor for some time now. And, and I really do appreciate that. Um, I work very well with her, and you know, and vice versa. So, she she knew that this is the this was going to be the year we wanted to to step things up a little bit more with the fifth year, and um, she also knows how bad I you know I keep secrets. So, uh, you know, somewhat you know about a week or week or so or two weeks before the meet, you know, she came and told me that the uh, the grand prize that she was going to offer was a um, a mouse fest cruise for two. Uh, for 2009, and uh, I was I was very very excited. It was very difficult to hold that back, um, you know. But I think that I think anybody and you guys, please back me up on this if I'm really over exaggerating it. But I think that when when that when it was announced, not even the winner yet, but when it was announced, I, f- I felt like the whole ballroom was like, whoa, you know, it was it was like a stun or something. So, you know, and then so I I really I was really excited about. It. Yeah, I actually no, I, saw the, the I saw the woman that won my little trivia pack of stuff. She just like threw it on the floor, and she's like, "Geez, now I can't even win the cruise." <laughs> and, I and went to Magic course, Meets, and all I got was a stupid trivia book. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make that a T-shirt. <laughs> Fred, I had a quick question for you because I wasn't sure. And for folks that were there, they obviously know that the prize was announced, but then we got into the auction totals. And then we gave the prize away. Was that something that was planned, or was it just that the totals happened to be ready right before the ticket was pulled, and that's how it fell? Actually, um, what uh, I think that was something I did on the on the fly. You know how I like to keep everybody in suspense a little bit. So, you know, I thought that I thought it would be great to announce it, and then you know, kind of tell everybody, wait, you know, let's get to some unfinished business first. And then they were all like, you know, on the edge of their seats waiting. But you know something? The best part of it was is the minute we started talking about the auction totals, I don't think anybody was thinking about the grand prize until everything settled down. And then we said, oh, wait a minute. Aren't we forgetting something? <laughs> we put you all know. the tissues away and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and it was really awesome because, you know, again, I think that, you know, it was, it was – I think that that moment was a real roller coaster, you know, as far as emotions flowing and excitement. And, you know, so it was, it was a, really, a really great moment. And you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, Dave Rashoni, maybe you should have gone to Deb's cruise talk. Um, why, why don't you tell us about um, the drawing of, of the Mouse Fest cruise number? Well, it's it's the uh, you know they pick the first number and and Fred reads reads it out and and nobody responds, and they pick the second number and and nobody responds and those folks. And then Deb well, uh, Deb gets up on the uh, on the stage and makes the announcement that she had the first number, and that she was passing on it because 
she has been cruising, and she really wanted the cruise, this prize package, to go to somebody who's never, ever cruised before. And we're all just, uh, you know, applauding her. And, I mean, it's it was just a wonderful um, act on her part. To not not that anybody would have screamed shenanigans if Deb Wills would have won the cruise from Mousefair Travel. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm up on the stage, you know, and... You know, those moments are a little awkward because, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, if I go too fast, you know, and go to the next ticket, somebody's going to get upset, you know. Right. But here I am, and I'm looking around, and I happen to look over to Deb, and it was the first number, and she's, like, giving me the, you know, the sign, like, on her neck, like, you know, I'm passing, I'm passing, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, in my head, you know, the wheels are turning. I'm like, I pulled her number. I pulled Deb's number, and she's passing. On it. And, um... Yeah, that was that was really uh, that was really awesome. For her to yeah, very very awesome. So then Fred pulls the third ticket, and uh, to not to drag this out anymore, but I guess I will. There's five digit numbers, and I'm looking at my ticket, and I've got the first one, the second one, the third one, and the fourth one. And they announce the last digit, and I'm one off. And in that slow motion that your mind does, I'm going, I'm off, but my wife, that, and I look and turn, and she's up, and there's tears going down her face. Go, we won the cruise, we won the cruise, and where I yell, I must have been like a little kid. I yelled and screamed and and just cheered for my seat. We've never ever been on a cruise before, and we've never won anything like that. It was such a moment. It was such a moment. I don't really remember what happened after that. <laughs> to be honest with you. I know she went up on the stage. I know that Mike Scopa came running over to me uh, and giving me a hug. Um, I remember hearing Fred Block saying something about she's crying! She's making us all cry! Um, you know, the people around us were just couldn't be happier for us. Um, I'm getting choked up right now. <laughs> Thank you very much. And we still haven't come off of Cloud 9. I just cannot believe. And then we went to see Deb afterwards and just gave her the biggest hug, bear hug that we could, and and told her that you know that had to be the the most selfless act that anybody has ever done. Um, I, I just I just can't believe it. <laughs> I just can't believe it. I couldn't think of you know anybody else. I, I'm so happy that you guys won it, especially because you haven't cruised before. I, I just think we talk about you know a magical moment, year of a million dreams. Call it what you want, but I, I'm really really happy for you guys. I know you're really going to enjoy it. Oh, we're, we're, you know, that night in the room, we're, we're on the laptop going, wait, we got to find out all about the cruise. <laughs> Where do we go? Oh, my God, look at this. Oh, look at these uh, rooms. I, I got to tell you, um, I don't think I will ever forget watching your wife run across that room screaming and crying to the stage um, and the amount of excitement that she had. It was just, uh, it was overwhelming. Um and yes, you know, it was really awesome that uh, you guys, you know, being that you've never cruised, that you won the cruise. And uh, and I'm really excited to say, you know, that I'm already booked for that cruise as well. So uh, we'll be joining you. Cool. I, um, I, I can't tell you what that meant, you know, um, and how emotional she was. Um, it was just the, the most perfect way. And, and we were still emotional from... The announcement of the totals from the the uh, the auction, and so I was I was still wound up in thinking that 
Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to save some comments I want to save about the auction after until you announce the totals. But I was still coming off of that, and then to have that happen. Um, and, you know, giving Becky and the, and the folks from um, Miles Fan Travel hugs because, you know, it was their prize package that they gave up. It was, it was just a, an amazing thing. We've, we're very blessed to be in this position, and um, we are going to so enjoy it <laughs> and, and, and be very uh, thankful for it. We're so <laughs> thankful for it. That you will, my friend. You guys are going to enjoy it. I can assure you of that. All right, as long as we're talking about crying and auction totals, it, it, we are at that time. And, Pat, I am going to turn it all over to you. And don't ask me to say anything because there's no way I'm going to get choked up on my own show. But go ahead and tell us about the end of the auction and where all the money came from in the totals and then give us the final number. Okay, I will do my best to do this. Justin did such a great job announcing this for us. Uh, again, we thank him for stepping up to the mic and saving me from bawling like a baby up on the stage. Uh, first, we had the Celebrity Magic Tunes. The donation from the admission there was split between Deb Wills' Avon Walk for Cancer and the Dream Team Project. That was $325. Our girls sold uh, our light-up magic wands and some buttons and some on-site donations we collected. Total for that actually came out a bit higher than we had on our poster. Uh, we were a little rushed at the end trying to get our numbers together, and people kept slipping us donations, and then I missed a page of tallies. So... After going back and doing our accounting, that number actually comes out as $1,225. Wow. So, uh, a lot of light-up wands. <laughs> <laughs> the Magic and Pixels, Tim Devine was very generous and donated a portion of all his sales at uh, his table during the meet as well as he had made some postcards and some magnets up featuring that beautiful castle print that he had donated to the auction. And he presented us with a $400 check. The WDW Today guys, uh, Mike Newell and crew, had uh, asked their online listeners, the people who were listening to the live broadcast, to also donate to our firstgiving.com online donation page. They collected $1,637. Wow. Yeah, and some of those came, one came from as far as Singapore, one came from Japan. Absolutely amazing. I, I can't believe the reach of the Disney online community. It's incredible. Uh, and then after that, on Sunday, there was an additional donation. Someone chipped in another $250 as with the comment, which we had been at Magic Meets. Um, then we get to, let's see, uh, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel had collected uh, two months of uh, a portion of their sales. And they presented a $2,523.76 check. And I got to find out where she gets those really, really big <laughs> checks from because those were cool. Uh, <laughs> and then there was the auction. Uh, 
last year, I say all total, we had made the $9,000. And, you know, we were a little worried this year, the economy being what it is, all of the, um, you know, people who had to pay, you know, $50, $60, $70 to get their gas tanks filled to get there. We're starting to be a little nervous about what our totals might be. Um, Thankfully, economy didn't seem to bother people. Charity won out, and the total for the auction was $13,667. Man. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I knew I knew what the number was, and I'm still I'm still in shock when I hear it. So after uh, three days of reconciliation of all our accounts and making sure we had all our numbers square and our totals adding up the actual grand total for the day was $19,777.76. And then Lou steps up and says, I'll chip in the balance, and it's an even $20,000. Wow. Uh, think about that. $20,000. Now, now I, know, I, I know I can speak for everybody when I say that no one was expecting that kind of figure this year. With the same ballroom, you more than doubled it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know something? The one important thing that I really think I need to add is, you know, like this year, what was really awesome is the community, you know, it was more than – the auction was there and the auction was a huge part. And don't let me, you know, downplay that in any way. But like you could see that the community was getting more involved. You know, the WDW Today, you know, uh, online, you know, push for it and, and, and Tim Devine pushing for it, you know, um, us, you know, kicking off the weekend with Celebrity Magic Tunes and, and getting donations. And, you know, like if, if we could continue to keep doing that and it keeps bolstering like that, oh, oh my gosh, there's like no end to what we can what, what can be accomplished with this every year. And, and I really li- I really like seeing how, you know, everybody's coming together, you know, for, for what's a very important cause. No, it's, I, go ahead. Sorry, it, it definitely was this year a, a much broader uh, effort, even down to the smaller baskets and the smaller uh, items. It, it wasn't even, we had people from around the world working together to get that set of ears from all the different uh, theme parks, the, the Disney parks. We had, uh, you know, a set of Mickey Mouse ears from Tokyo, from Hong Kong, from Paris, and and that was you know cross communities, cross continents to put that together, and that spirit just continued through this entire event this year, and it, it's just amazing. I I just I can't saying thanks is just not enough to you, Pat, and your incredible team of volunteers, and Fred for giving us the ability to do it there, and everybody else that contributed whether it was a button or a wand or a monetary donation or something that for the auction um this is so about all of you and everything that you have done to make this happen and knowing that you really are going to make magic come true for for more than one child that's going to need it um i i can't thank you enough for just allowing me to be a part of it so um let, let's move on to um, <laughs> before it gets before it just turns into an emotional just tear fest on the show here. Um, <laughs> the uh, th- this actually kind of wrapped up most of the scheduled events for that day. 
Um, but wait, there's more. <laughs> but that's right. Wait, there's more. Um, because, Fred, again, unlike the first couple years, things start spilling over to other things on the schedule. Now you have a pin trading event with John Rick and, this, and uh, his group there. And April and Janet Baker, the ones who are doing the custom scrapbook, also had a Saturday night scrapbooking soiree, which was just a wild time in one of the breakout rooms. And um, Bar and Kungaloosh, I hear there are rumors of Kungalooshes being made in the hotel bar. Pat, I think you might be able to explain better than everybody. <laughs> I can explain. I wasn't there to have any. They were gone by the time I got back. <laughs> Had something to do with a cabana boy, I believe, but uh, <laughs> I had nothing to do with the Kungaloos. <laughs> <laughs> how would you're the... not going to ever be able to live down? <laughs> but now, how would a bartender in Harrisburg know how to make a Kungaloos? Yeah, That's explain that, Ms. Whitson, please. We brought the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> we had the recipe. It, it is the official drink of the Dream Team auction team, and uh, I, I had to buy the big blender for the wrapping weekend this year. Uh, granted, we uh, try to keep our portions small and our team sober, but uh, after the event was another story. <laughs> <laughs> it was still family friendly, I want to be sure. It wasn't drunken revelry and, you know, Pat and the volunteers hanging from poles in the middle of the bar. It was just I, I a was little... I was at the scrapbooking so thing. The poles were in the corner, <laughs> When I finally did get to stop in the bar about uh, 10 after 12, it was still very family-friendly. Uh, a little more friendly than it had been <laughs> hours ago, but it was still very family-friendly. <laughs> hey, Jamie, the, uh, the bar scenes, those are going to make it to the DVD too, right? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Man, totally blew my joke. <laughs> I was going to say just kidding, but... Uh... <laughs> well, that, that probably gives away the fact that I was there, right? <laughs> but see, that's the key. You were there working. It was a research trip for you. You gotta learn. You guys got to learn the whole research trip terminology. Poor Jamie. Actually, he was working so hard. The guy, the guy couldn't even speak by the end of Sunday. And I'm like, you weren't even talking. And he goes, Fred, I am beat. Well, he looked like a CNN film crew walking around with that giant jumbotron camera on his shoulders. So. It'll but work yeah, out in the end. Exactly. And Jamie, you, you do awesome work. And uh, I know last year you had throw, literally thrown together a, a sort of a scrapbook DVD. And now this year, just explain to us what you're going to be doing as far as a, a DVD of this year's Magic Beats event. Certainly. Uh, if it wasn't evident enough, uh, one of the main goals that I had for, for all three days, really, because, I mean, we haven't talked too much about uh, Sunday morning, but there were additional sessions then as well. But uh, at least in some way, shape, or form, if, if it wasn't for the entire duration, to capture footage from every single event that took place over the weekend to put a best of highlights DVD uh, together for the event to commemorate that it's the five-year anniversary and you know, Fred and I talked about this was the good time to, to get that started so um, when I got back home I realized after I dug all my tapes out that I had shot almost nine hours of footage um, and the trick now over the next several weeks is going to be fi to figure out what's going to be you know, probably the best two hours or so of that. Um, so what we had started to do probably about a month or so in advance was was to start taking uh, pre-orders and whether uh, orders for the DVD 
or taken in advance or even now uh, we wanted to similar to a lot of the theme of the event be able to give something back to uh, both your dream team as well as Deb's charity and uh, make that a focal point so that folks are not only bringing home a piece of the magic that they can remember, but know that part of the proceeds are, are going to those same causes. But uh, so you know, Fred and I and John Leary as well, who we haven't really talked about, certainly an unsung hero of the event, um, have been working to try to figure out really the best way um, to put this all together. But in the end, it is going to be a best of comprehensive uh, look at this entire weekend. Awesome. And, and, you know, talking about nine hours worth of footage to try and keep this show under nine hours itself, I'm going to have to almost gloss over some of the events on Sunday because this year, Fred, for the first time, the events for those that wanted to stay over Saturday night or had to stay over if they were drinking Congolushes, there were two breakout sessions. Becky and Deb did a talk about Adventures by Disney. There was also another talk by Mike Scopa about hard ticket party events. Again, very, very well attended. People really wanted to stay and they wanted to keep the whole weekend going some other people went to hershey park uh, which is right up the road you were able to work something out with hershey not only were they able to get discounted tickets but they were also able to get early admission and exclusive ride time on one of their new roller coasters uh so when you talk about it being an amazing weekend long experience uh it was clearly something that was fun for everybody on so many different levels it was rewarding for all of us, I think, uh, again, on so many levels, whether it be getting to see people that you knew from online or meeting new friends or participating in the auction or, or being able to give back. Um, it, it it was amazing. And I know for me personally, one of the things that I love about this event goes back to its very roots when it was called Diz Meets. And for me, it's a place to meet other people that we all know that get it and make some new friends and talking about something that we all love so much. And it's grown to be so, so much more than that. Um, thanks to all of your efforts and your volunteers, again, unsung heroes, the auction team and Pat and everybody else, the attendees and the speakers and everybody who's part of it. It's truly a collaborative community effort. And I want to say thanks to you and Pat and everybody else that really helped pull this all together. Let me, um, let me close out by saying one thing that, that really sits in my head. And, you know, uh, I was in the back of Mike Scopa's breakout room on Sunday morning. And at the end of it, you know, I was starting to realize that, you know, it's it's over. You know, the weekend is over. And, and, and there were some people that were waiting to say goodbye and say thank you to me. And, well, it was uh, it was tough because the one girl came up to me and she goes, you know, I want to tell you that you guys, this was an incredible, incredibly amazing weekend. You guys made it feel like you were welcoming, welcoming us all into your homes and making us a part of your family, even if it was just for a short time. And, uh, and that, really, uh, that, really, that really set in. It was really an amazing comment. You know, if I, if I have to say why I do this every year... Well, I think I just, you know, I think I just answered that. So it was really a great way to end the weekend for me. Pat, why don't you kind of sum up maybe your feelings about the weekend and the auction and, and everything else? It's just such an incredible event. I am so honored to be a part of it. It's, I, I don't get the same experience everybody else does because I literally do spend most of the time in the corner. 
Um, it's <laughs> Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> um, but I do get a chance to, you know, run around the room sometimes and to see people who are just so happy and so excited to be there. And so many people saying hello. And if I looked at you like I had no idea who you were, I'm sorry. Um, just it, it's just one of those things. It's just such an, an amazing event to be a part of. It's something that, you know, I, I hope more people get to participate in each year because it's just such a special event. And again, I, I just say, I can't say thanks enough. The $20,000 hasn't really sunk in yet for me. Um, and I don't know if it ever will because it was just so far beyond. And Fred, again, thank you. Thank you, Pat. Thanks to all the the sponsors and everybody that contributed. And a big thanks to the guys over at WDW Today who were doing the online broadcast and did the fundraising that made such a big difference. And, and Becky over at Mouse Fan Travel and everybody who just put all those smiles on the faces of not only the people who were sitting there and who are listening at home and maybe listening to this and the kids who are going to benefit from it. Um, again, I can't say thanks enough. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart and, and to you guys, David and your wife, Kathy, congratulations. I'm so happy for you uh, about winning the cruise and, and Jamie, your work. I mean, you were there, like Fred said, working hard and oh you forgot to say if you want to order the dvd for more information go to videoears.com v-i-d-e-o-e-a-r-s i'll put that link up on the website um and guys thank you again for taking oh however many hours it's been for us to record this um fortunately i'm not doing it from the emergency room at jfk hospital so thank you to the staff at the er there for for getting me out in one piece this week but um Thank you all again for everything. It, it was a great event. Fred, thank you. And I look forward to seeing you guys again next year. Thank you very much, Lou. Thanks for having us, Lou. Thank you, Lou. Good night. Good night, folks. Moving on through the good times and the tears. The Dream Team Project has been working all year to raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America to help them bring magic to the lives of seriously ill children. The silent auction here today is our biggest fundraising event to date. Just how big? Well, we're about to find out with the help of Disney Chief Magic Official, Justin Machoni. Come on, Justin. Thank you. Thank you so much. It is truly, it is my pleasure to be here today. Now's the time for the big... I gotta tell you, I'm more nervous now than I was earlier today. From the main event, the grand total. The Dream Team thanks everyone who placed a bid today in the wonderful auction. You will all help bring smiles to children's faces, which is really what this is all about. We ready? Okay, hang on. I'm gonna drag this out for a while. He learns from me. <laughs> Many thanks to Fred, who I am standing right in Stop. front of at the moment, which I shouldn't have been. Many thanks to Fred for allowing us the space to hold this auction and for his support. Thanks to Lou, Lou Mangello. Dream Team founder, Lou. Dream Team founder and a big inspiration to, to, to all of us. Lou, do you want a seat? Want to sit down? You okay, you're good. You're not going to fall off the back, are you? Okay, good to know. Everybody got their tissues up front? That's good. The grand total today, raised from Magic Tunes last night, the wands, the buttons, Tim Devine, the online listeners from the podcast, and the auction itself comes to a grand total 
of $16,617. For the Dream Team. Wait, 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 wait. I, th I, I, I think Becky wants to, uh, I think there's something Becky wants to add. But wait, there is more. As many of you know, over the past few months, we routinely do um, donations to our favorite charities. For every booking that's made through us, we do make donations to our charity. And Lou... <laughs> we did two months for you and it's coming so this six now I was told there'd be no math for me so someone else is going to have to do this flip it around please our two months worth of oh. getting donations for you was $2,500 or $523 and oh yes 70 cents Thank you so much to all of you who, who placed a bid in an auction or were a part of this or caught into the show today. With that added in, the grand total from Magic Meets and the sponsors and the vendors is over $19,000 raised. That's absolutely incredible. Thank you, everyone, because it's really it is a team effort. This is the Dream Team Project, and you are all part of that team, and we thank you all so very much. I do have to say a very big thanks to the auction team, all 20 of us who worked so hard to make this day happen. April, Janet, Lori, Lessa, Tracy, Linda, James, Valerie, Michelle, Amanda, Brian, Kelly, Kelly with a Y, Kathleen, Caitlin, Catherine, Meg, Tracy, S, Sue, and Teresa. You guys are the best. Thank you to Lou, thank you to Fred, and thank you to all of you. Together, we've made some fantastic magic today for Make-A-Wish. Thank you so much. Thanks again for tuning in again this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks to Fred, Pat, Jamie, and Dave for coming on and discussing Magic Meets with me. Look for a full Magic Meets review on the DisneyWorldTrivia.com site coming soon, as well as some photos. And if you were there, have any photos you want to share, I invite you to come by and post them in the DisneyWorldTrivia.com photo gallery, or you can come by, link to them in the discussion forum for this week's show at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. A special thanks again to everybody that I had a chance to meet at the event to everybody that came by uh, to my Adventureland talk and come over to my table. I really do appreciate you taking the time. Speaking of Adventureland, don't forget, the Adventureland Challenge Contest is still going on, and you still can play for a chance to move on to round two. 
you have until 11.59 p.m. Eastern on August 2nd to enter. Visit the homepage of WDWRadio.com to play. Now, as you probably know, on Monday, July 21st, the contest kicked off at 8 p.m., but due to an overwhelming response from listeners, our servers experienced some intermittent connectivity issues due to some very exceptionally high traffic, and while I was happy to see so many people interested in participating, I want to apologize for any outages and frustrations that you guys might have experienced while trying to play. Unfortunately, the unprecedented number of people trying to access the sites at the same exact time resulted in the servers being overwhelmed with requests to access the contest pages. Please know that in anticipation for the contest, we did anticipate some additional stresses on the servers. We did prepare accordingly. Obviously, it was not enough to handle the amount of traffic that we started to receive even before the 8 p.m. start time. I became aware of the problem immediately. We began taking steps to resolve the issue, and as the evening wore on, we made modifications to the servers to help address the problems that users were having. Now, I want to assure everybody that played and who continues to play that no entries were received during approximately the first two and a half hours or so in which the, the websites were unreachable. So therefore, everybody was in the same situation uh, because everybody was really unable to reach some of the clue pages and submit their entries until all the server issues were resolved. So I know that there were a lot of people trying to play, get those answers in at 8 o'clock. I know how frustrating it was. I really do appreciate your patience and understanding during that time. And I want to apologize again for any difficulties you guys had in accessing more or one or more of the sites and the contest clues. Uh, so as a small token of my appreciation, what I've decided to do is to give you even more chances to win. And what we're going to do is we're going to randomly draw an additional 10 names from the entries that were received, give each one of those an additional $20 Disney gift card just for playing. And on top of that, I'm also going to offer a 10% off coupon for the DisneyWorldTrivia.com store for the books, audio guides, calendars, anything else applicable to anything, just to kind of say thank you as well. Simply use the code ADVENTURELAND when you check out, and that's going to save you 10% off your order. Again, I really do appreciate everybody's patience and support and kind words during what was a very stressful time uh, for me and the servers on Monday night. And like I said, while I hope that the contest was going to generate uh, and really an incredible response, suffice it to say that that the expectations that we had really were, were so far exceeded. And it's thanks to you, the listeners, who are just the driving force behind what I do. And I can't thank you enough for your support and your appreciation and for playing and, of course, your patience and understanding during the delay. Uh, I hope you guys are having fun with the contest. Good luck. Remember, you have until August 2nd if you haven't entered as yet, so go ahead and get those entries in. Last week, I was happy to announce with Tim Foster from GuidesOfTheMagic.com a new magazine project that we're working on called Celebrations Magazine. We are both very excited about this and think that this is the magazine that Disney fans have been waiting for. You can discover the magic of the parks and resorts and the films and the secrets and the stories of really what we all believe is the most magical place on Earth. It's going to be filled with news and upcoming events, feature articles, interviews, great moments in Disney history. There's going to be spotlights of featured attractions, hidden treasures, magical moments, games, so much more. And the exciting thing for us is that every issue is also going to feature columns by many of your favorite authors and people that you know from online communities like Tim Foster and Steve Barrett, Kara Goldsberry from the Luxury Disney Guide, Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel, so many more names that you know and enjoy. The first issue is set to premiere in September 2008 with a new issue every other month. The regular subscription rate 
is $29.99 for six issues. But if you order now, you can take advantage of the pre-publication special. You can get six issues for just $24.99. That's 30% off the cover price. You can learn more, see some cover art, and subscribe by going to celebrationspress.com. I'll also put that link in the show notes. And speaking of magazines, I want you to go and check out another magazine, which is Orlando Attractions Magazine. That was created by Ricky Briganti from Inside the Magic and former Marco Island Sun-Times newspaper editor Matt Roseboom. This covers all the Orlando theme parks, attractions, restaurants, and more. Very high-quality magazine, very well-written, beautiful photographs, lots more. You can pick up that magazine at select store shelves in Orlando. And for annual subscriptions and back issues, you can go and visit attractionsmagazine.com. On upcoming shows, I'm going to have my largest roundtable discussion to date with some very special guests, more Disney scene investigations with Jeff Pepper, Top Tens with Tim, a news segment from Steve Barrett, an interview that I'd recently conducted I think you're really going to enjoy, and so much more. Of course, I have so many more of your emails to answer on the show as well, but if you have a question you want answered, a segment suggestion, anything else you'd like to share, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com, or you can call the voicemail. You can be on the air at 206 206- 202-4WDW. That's 206-202-4939. Stay tuned. I'm going to play more of your voicemails at the end of this week's show. So to comment on or to talk about the show with other listeners, please visit the WDW Radio Show forums over at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. As always, if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Review us on iTunes or come say hi over on Facebook. Thanks again to everybody who helped make so much magic for the Dream Team project this past week. I can't thank you enough. Thanks to everybody who sent me a note or an email or posted about my brief visit to the hospital this past week. And of course, I want to say thanks to my kidney stones for coming back and paying me another visit. It's been only three years since I last saw you, but it feels just like yesterday. So, uh, of course, thanks to you for taking the time and listening to the show again this week. I hope you all have a great week. Thanks for tuning in once again. See ya! Hey, Lou, this is Doug Davis from New Jersey again. Just calling to say I hope you feel better and hope everything goes okay. We've seen you were in the hospital. We were just sending you our best wishes and saying your website is wonderful and the new game contest we just entered is was a lot of fun. It's a treasure hunt for adventure land. So, again, you're in our prayers and hopefully everything goes okay, Lou. You have a good day. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou, it's John from New Jersey. I know that you'll hear this probably after the date, but just wanted to call up and wish Disneyland a happy 53rd anniversary. Today, 1955, July 17th, Disneyland opened up and changed the world forever. Thanks a lot, Walt. It wouldn't be the same if you hadn't done it. Hi, Lou. It's Catherine from Massachusetts. Uh, We're just driving down to Magic Meet. Uh, hopefully we'll get to meet you this weekend. But we're listening to show number 75, and you're talking about all the smells of Disney World. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I know exactly what you're talking about with the smells in the water attraction. Um, every time we go there, uh, as soon as we walk out of the airport, my daughter always comments of the smell um, that the Florida air has. And if we're around home and we go somewhere where there's uh, a pool or it's very humid. She always says it smells just like Disney World. But um, can't wait to meet you, and thanks for the show. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou. It's Carrie from Boston. I was just listening to your July 13th show. It was about the top 10 smells at Disney World, 
And one of yours was that musty smell from the water of Pirates of the Caribbean and things like Small World. That is my number one smell. As soon as I smell that, I think of Disney World, and it makes me miss it so much. That is definitely, I was waiting to hear that. I'm glad you said it. I enjoy your show. Keep up the good work, and I'll be listening. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Kristen from Akron, Ohio, and I was just calling. Um, I'm actually driving home from work, and I just got done listening to your top ten smells. And when I first heard the idea, one thought, you know, I have many personal smells that I think about when I think about Disney World, but there was one smell in particular, and I thought it was too obscure for you to have on your list, and you ended up having it when you talked about the the musty water smell, and that is the one smell that I think of when I think of Disney World, and when I smell it when I'm at home, anytime I smell it, I automatically think of, of Disney World, and I never knew how to describe it to people. I always tried to describe it as, like, like wet metal because it always seemed to be in the water ride. So um, musty water smell works too. So I just wanted, you said, for people to call in the voicemail if they agree, and I wholeheartedly agree, and don't let anyone make fun of you. I love that smell, and I love smelling it while I'm at home because it just it brings me back. So it was a wonderful show. Um, I really enjoyed it because the smells, it's a great memory trigger. So thank you again. Have a great day, and we'll hear you on the next show. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Steve Swanson from the Muppet Cast. I was hearing your most recent show talking about the uh, animatronic walk around, uh, the un- animatronic Mickey heads that you see in the stage shows at Cinderella Castle and whatnot, and hearing those referred to as animatronic. Well, they're actually not animatronic. Believe it or not, they're puppeteering those heads. It's really amazing. Here's a little experiment. Maybe your listeners can do this too. Take your index finger and point straight up. Now bring it back down. Now point straight up again. In one of the gloves of the Mickey suit, doing just that opens and closes Mickey's mouth. The opposite glove doing the same thing triggers the eyelashes, the eyelids moving up and down. What's really amazing is that you can actually, it's not a simple on-off switch. You can actually trigger it to open and close halfway. You can really articulate the movement. So instead of being animatronic and being timed like that, they really are puppeteering those heads. Isn't that amazing? Good show. Good stuff as always. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's John Beal from Indiana again. And I would have to agree with you on the smells that a lot of the rides have, like, a distinct smell that, like, weren't intended, but, like, a lot of people enjoy them. I like them. And, they, it, like, I'll, I'll smell them, and it'll, like, take me back. So my particular favorite one is actually in Spaceship Earth, not not the Rome scene, like everyone would think. Like right, right in the entrance, when you will just like walk into the uh, into the building, like there's like a distinct like a smell, like a, like some sort of machinery smell. It I don't know what it is, but it I think it smells. I really enjoy the smell. And so you know, randomly, like you'll be walking around, and like like a like a waft of air will like hit me with that smell, and it'll just like it'll take me back. I'll just like leave. Uh, I'll have to, like, forget where I am. I'll be like, oh, wow, that was just that Epcot smell. So anyway, yeah, definitely smells, like, from rides can, like, like be very distinct. So anyway, see ya. Well, folks, this concludes our show. So thanks for bearing with us to the bear end and barrel around to see us again.